Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajad Ali. And Waj, you know, I wish that we didn't have anything to talk about, right? Uh, I wish that we could go back to the days where, you know, we're really getting into the nitty gritty of policy and where the parties differ in terms of how they're going to, you know, tackle America's biggest problems. And, and and Obama's tan suit, which was right. a, a major crisis back a in the day. A major crisis, which harkens to Biden's sneakers. Um, <laughs> and so that's not where we are. And we haven't been there for nearly, can you imagine this? I'm about to say this, nearly a decade. Mm. It's been nearly a decade since our political norms were busted wide open, since chaos has been the new normal in our lives. And so I say all this to say that as Waj and I come on air, what is happening, Wajahat, in uh, the chamber of the house? So we usually record on Wednesday and this episode usually drops uh, Thursday morning, but uh, today we're recording Tuesday. And as we're recording, the Republican-led house, not both sides, Republicans, uh, voted down a motion to table a resolution that would remove the California Republican leader, Kevin McCarthy, from the speakership. So what does that mean in layman's terms? Basically, the chamber is going to move forward with a vote on whether or not Kevin McCarthy, who barely got the position after 15 humiliating rounds, remember that, Danielle? Mm -hmm. Whether or not he should lose his position. And who are the people bringing forth this motion? Is it the Democrats? Is it the conservative centrist uh, uh, Democrats known as Manchin? Is it the squad? Oh, no. It's by his own right-wing members led by Beavis and Butthead, Matt Gates. <laughs> I think he's Butthead, not Beavis, who want to remove him. What was his sin, by the way? The sin for removal is that this, hmm. this is why they want to remove him. Number one, mm-hmm. Kevin McCarthy worked with Democrats. Two, issue Mm -hmm. a stopgap measure that would allow the government to run for 45 days, folks. So that's another crisis that's going to come back in 45 days, whether or not there's going to be a shutdown. And number two, money to Ukraine, because these Republicans really love them. They're Putin. For these two sins, 
Kevin McCarthy, who barely slinked by because he's an amoeba to hold on to House leadership, will most likely, by the time this episode drops, Daniel, Mm -hmm. not be the leader of the House of Representatives. So here's the funny thing to me, because there are actual funny things here, which is that because Kevin McCarthy speaks out of both sides of his mouth and his ass, um, he would have continued to have Democratic support to not have the House devolve into chaos at the hands of his quote unquote freedom caucus. (laughs) But he decided that after Democrats overwhelmingly voted to keep the government going and voted for the continuing resolution, Kevin McCarthy left that chamber, went out in front of the cameras and said that it was Democrats fault that we were here in the first place Mm. and decided to disparage the Democrats, um, blame them for everything. And just recently, uh, Mr. Clyburn, Representative Clyburn said, so if you're going to talk about us, who came in to help you, what, 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 you know, what, what guarantee that do we have that you're ever going to look for bipartisan solutions? We don't because you've shown us who you are. So we're going to believe you and allow. And he said, and Clyburn said this in particular, McCarthy said he only wanted to deal with Republicans. (laughs) Jim Clyburn said, go do that. I I love that it's Clyburn and also Hakeem Jeffries, House Minority Leader, who pretty much informed uh, his colleagues, uh, you know what? We don't got to help Kevin McCarthy. So the Democrats are like, all right, if you're going to treat us like shit, which you have, uh, if you you are a spineless amoeba of a man who's still going to side with the extremist right-wing quote-unquote freedom caucus that wants your head, uh, if you're not going to let us go visit, uh, or excuse me, uh, take part in the burial of uh, Senator Feinstein, then you know what, Kevin McCarthy? We will leave you to your Freedom Caucus. Let's see them take care of you. And that Freedom Caucus is like, uh, we're going to take your head. And this is where I just want to smile because number Mm -hmm. one, you know, Democrats, they bring a pencil to a knife fight and Republicans bring a bazooka. And for the first time, Democrats are not being like, I'm I'm sorry for existing. I apologize for apologizing. Let me punch myself in the face. They're like, all right, you want to F yourself? Go get F. Go ahead. And then the second thing is beautiful schadenfreude. Uh, Pardon, uh, I'm not good at German. I should ask Elon Musk and Trump if that German was good. Uh, Mm -hmm. But this is Kevin McCarthy, the same man who admitted, Danielle, many years ago, that the only reason the Republicans did the BS investigations of Benghazi in the emails was to hurt Uh Hillary Clinton before the 2016 election. And it did. Mm -hmm. And now that same man, who yep. has prostrated himself to the golden calf of Trump, who has given whatever spine he has left to basically like an amoeba, I don't even want to say move, what do you say, slink, slither toward <laughs> power, yes. where he's holding on with one claw, uh, is going to get railroaded by his own party. Folks, Yeah, th- there are moments in this dysfunctional democracy where we have tried to uh, maintain and restore our democracy and our sanity, where we just have to take a moment to smile. And, and I think this is a moment where you just got to smile. And yes, yes, the, the, the freak who's going to replace McCarthy is going to be worse, but it's going to be such a shit show that it will reveal the extremists yeah. for what they are. And finally, corporate media will not be able 
to do a both sides on this. They really tried, Danielle. Uh, well, this, I, I mean, I, to, to, to be honest, I, I'm not so sure that mainstream media won't figure out uh, a both sides. Like, you know, does Joe Biden tie his shoelaces with his <laughs> left hand? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, because that seems accurate. But one of the things uh, that I, that I want to point out, um, you know, as, as we're going into recording, they were continuing the debate on the floor. And I got to tell you, as I'm listening to these Republicans talk about themselves, I was like, what party are they talking about when they're naming all of these successes, when they're talking about how Kevin McCarthy has been the strongest speaker and all? I was like, if gaslighting was an Olympic sport, Mm. these motherfuckers would have gold dripping, dripping gold because of the way that they have just they just lie. I mean, you, 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 what you just said, dripping with gold, uh, took me back old school to an image, uh, a classic movie. If kids, you got to watch this. Uh, uh, I'm going to get you, sucker, uh, made by <laughs> the Wayne brothers, where there was <laughs> a dude died because he was wearing too much drip. Remember that? He like he is like, oh, death by gold chains. Uh, that's how much drip they would have. Yes. That's yes. how much. It's uh-huh. like, it's, it's classic. And I feel like it's a moment, it's a week where... The, uh, you know, a former guest of ours, uh, Rick Wilson, uh, I'm going to quote him. And I think this might be a great title for this, uh, this week's episode. He was doing a one minute, you know, uh, Twitter rant, uh, uh, just doing his summary about what's happening. And he said, this is an example of the GOP's addiction to chaos. When you elect clowns, when you elect flamethrowers, when you elect extremists who want to burn down the government, when you normalize mm-hmm. it, why are you surprised? that they Don't behave know. like the flamethrowing arsonist extremists that they are. This is Matt Gates, and Matt Gates loves this because he's from Florida. He's a lackey of Trump. Who's in the spotlight, Danielle? Who comes out to be the MAGA cultural warrior? Matt Gates. So Matt Gates is going to go all in. And Kevin McCarthy here thought, ah, I have enough allies. Uh, this will be over. Nope. I think by the time this episode drops, uh, we're going to be talking about the former head of the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy. What do you think? You think he survives? I don't think that he survives. And, you know, and if humiliation could kill somebody, he would have been dead many times over already. But there's Um, no shame. They have no shame. I mean, because he doesn't have any shame. And the fact is, is that he has had the limpest gavel that we have (laughs) ever seen uh, the speaker wield. And so, you know, I hate Matt Gaetz. Um, for so many reasons, his, you know, fetish for young underage girls and bringing oh, yeah, them that. across state oh, yeah, lines. Grooming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's what it's called. Um, but for this, I'm like, go forth. Like you want, I mean, these are the tiki torch bearing mm. MFers from 2017 that they will not, rep- you know, these, these are there. So burn it down. Burn it down, you know, uh, and show the American people who they who they really are. But what was funny to me is listening to these Republicans talk about the Biden regime and talk about woke politics and what's destroying America and talk about the debt. And I, you know, I had to do a quick Google because I wanted to make sure that I was factual. But by the time that Donald Trump left office, right, he had added. $7.8 $7.8 trillion mm. to the debt. Mm. 7.8 T trillion to mm. the national debt. But these same fucking Republicans that want to talk about the reason why the debt is so high is because we need to cut Social Security and Medicaid and all of these things totally gave Donald Trump a blank check to then present to CEOs and shareholders. 
and the uber wealthy. So it's just amazing to me. What I find most amazing is that white Americans continue to vote for this party overwhelmingly. And it is to spite their own face because I really don't know other than grievance, rage, and violence what the Republican Party is offering white America. Well, it's addiction to chaos, addiction to death, addiction to cruelty, and addiction to self-immolation. And speaking mm-hmm. of that, you know, you, you mentioned uh, uh, the white grievance, and you have a guest on one of your 800 other podcasts, uh, <laughs> uh, a scholar, Jonathan Metzl, who comes on a lot. He wrote this yes. book, which we always try to promote. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. book called Dying of Whiteness, and we'll have him on the show. But uh, speaking of that, Danielle, there is a, a Washington Post article that just came out today that I think is yep. stunning. And because there's so much chaos that we kind of forget the other stuff that's happening. And b- based on what you just said right now, this mm-hmm. amazing report, it's just so sad, uh, starts off this, this way. I'm going to quote them. The United yep. States is failing at a fundamental mission, keeping people alive. After decades of progress, life expectancy, long regarded as a singular benchmark of a nation's success, peaked in 2014 at 78.9 years, then drifted downward even before the pandemic. Among wealthy nations, the U.S. in recent decades went from the middle of the pack to being an outlier, and it continues to fall further and further behind. In addition to opioids, Danielle, and gun Mm -hmm. violence, Mm -hmm. now they're saying chronic diseases are the greatest uh, threat and deaths of adults 35 to 64, wait for it, are concentrated in the nation's interior, including yep. Appalachia, yep. Mississippi Delta, and parts of the Midwest. In recent decades, death rates have been rising in the interior while declining in coastal region, region. And speaking about that tax cuts and how the wealthy have gotten wealthier, thanks to Republican policies, the death gap has widened between the rich and poor. If you saw this graph, it is like a straight up like line up to the top. It is remarkable. So literally, when Jonathan wrote that book a couple of years ago that I recommend everyone read, mm-hmm. white people are literally dying for white supremacy. They're choosing self-immolation because they're addicted to this chaos. Unpack it for me. I mean, it is this, the graphs in this piece, uh, and I just, I just want to give people the, the, the title of the piece again, because it's quite long and lengthy, um, is called Dying Early, America's Life Expectancy Crisis. And the piece that Waj is reading from is an epidemic of chronic illness is killing us too soon. And it's specifically talking about people between the ages of 35 and 64, which are considered your prime years, Right. And, you know, to this point, I think that what, you know, and I I have talked about this movie because I think that the movie is terrible, but now I need to rewatch it again, even Mm. though it is terrible because it's real, which is Elysium with (laughs) Matt Damon, where the uber wealthy have left Earth, right? And they live on this planet where there is no disease, there's no poverty, there's no famine, there's no nothing. All of this that they have left on planet Earth um, with people clamoring to get to this place, Elysium. And I think right now where we are is not just that the uber wealthy are on their fifth yacht and their 17th home. It is that they have the wealth 
uh, and the wherewithal to be able to hack their bodies, mm. right? Which is to be able to use technologies and use their, uh, you know, what is it? The Cadillac of health insurances to insure that they are going to live long enough to take one of Elon's fucking spaceships to Mars or to the moon where apparently they're building a hotel. Mm. So like where they want to build a hotel. And so it's like, you look at this and you're saying to yourself, Republicans have single-handedly shipped millions of jobs overseas, given tax breaks to companies that take their factories and have moved them to places where, you know, there are no regulations around uh, slave labor, mm. uh, where, you know, now they're excited about AI and robots, because guess what you don't need to give them? Health insurance or any type of um, special care. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that forced David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. And so we're at this place where Republicans have demonized urban areas, mm. right? They're filled with chaos. They're filled with violence. Anarchy. And, you, Anarchy. and you know what else they're filled with? Healthy people, <laughs> right? Like they're vegetables. filled with vegetables and, and urban gardens and, you know, access to doctors. Because I just read an article, you know, earlier this week that was talking about one of the last uh, obstetrics wards closing in this town in Idaho that now is going to have pregnant people need to travel 90 miles, mm. 90 minutes, 90 miles to get to the nearest obstetrics facility to deliver a baby they want. Mm. So this is what the people in the middle have been doing, chipping away at healthcare, chipping away at the ability to earn a living, right? A living wage. And they're voting against their best interests. Why? Because so long as the Republicans tell them that black people and brown people and the gays are worse off than they are, then for them, 
they're tap dancing on their own graves. That's right. So as long as you are a step ahead of the blacks, you know what? It's worth it. And the interesting thing is, if you read this report, folks, it's right there. They talk about racism. Literally, systemic racism and income inequality is destroying and killing Americans. We are dying at earlier rates than other industrialized mm -mm -mm. nations because this country is so addicted to white supremacy that is willing to destroy itself rather than chase equity and fairness and accountability and truth and justice. So in addition to the white folks who are dying, uh, it's also black folks. Poor black and brown folks are stuck trying to survive, right? And the interesting thing is, is the avatars of this cruelty, the avatars of this avarice, the avatars of the people who are trying to create a modern day Elysium, Elon Musk and Donald Trump are their heroes. I mean, yeah. we could do a whole episode on the racist shit that Elon Musk just tweeted in the last three days, like full on anti-Semite, full on racist, full on eugenicist, right? That's Elon Musk, folks, right now. The guy who is one of the wealthiest people, but decides to wear a, a big ass hat, looks like a dork, fires a sniper uh, caliber gun from his hip for no reason, and visits the border and like just is like a tourist. Look at these brown people. And we have to keep ourselves from these, this invasion. That's the straight up conspiracy theory, Danielle, that has been promoted by white nationalists, that if we allow the borders to be open, we will be overrun by this horde. And yet the reality is you are literally voting for people who piss on you and will piss on your grave. And actually, not just piss on your grave, they'll fertilize your grave. They'll mm -hmm. really, it's mm -hmm. like they will drink your milkshake. They will drink your ashes, right? And so the person who is now the, the leader of this cruelty, this, this chaos, Donald Trump. And this is where we have to smile again. So we had some good news, some depressing news. Let's go back yeah. to some good news. Well, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, because I do. There is another piece of this article that I that's not good news. But oh, go go, go go. Let's do depression before some. Smile. Yeah, let's because I, I I do want to say I do want to say this um, because this article is so ripe with really important. Um, just I mean the graphs alone. Yeah, the data. But I want to I want to read this. Um, the rise of life expectancy became the ultimate proof of societal progress in the 20th century. Decade by decade, the number kept climbing. And by 2010, the country appeared to be marching inexorably toward the milestone of 80, right? 80 being uh, who, the, who was the president then. Who right. was, huh? Oh, it's weird. It was, uh, what, what was his name? My Barack Muslim Obama. brother. Yeah, Barack. Yes. Um, it never got there, they write. And this, mm. they go on to say this. Mm. Partly, that is a reflection of how the United States approaches health. This is a country where, quote, we think health and medicine are the same thing, said Elena Marks, former health and environmental policy director of the city of Houston. The nation built a health industrial complex, she said, that cost trillions of dollars yet underachieves. We have an undying faith in big new technology and a drug for everything, access to as many MRIs as our hearts desire. Mm. Um, but with 80 plus percent of health outcomes are determined by folks, non-medical factors. Mm. And yet we're on this train and we keep on going. And I just want to, to state that in the 1900s, you had this overwhelming amount of disease that we didn't have cures for yet. 
right? The way in which that we were able, you're able to go to a doctor, get x-rays, get blood taken, all of these things. Those were advancements that happened out of great death and plagues that were happening in the early 20th century. So here we move where we have created a pill and a thing for everything. So long as either you can pay out of pocket for it, or somehow you're associated with a company that will pay uh, for your health insurance that is good. But outside of that, what we have not invested in in this country is an actual healthy lifestyle. And so far as the Republican Party, if you recall, demonized one person in particular who didn't want your kids to die of obesity, which was Michelle Obama, for the sole, sole flaw of deciding to talk about fruits and vegetables and want to bring them into your schools. And instead, Republicans wanted to feed your kids pink slime. Yeah, they're going to take your hamburgers. And then you got Donald Trump who gave, uh, what was it, McDonald's? To that winning McDonald's. football team, uh, cold I mean, McDonald's. Uh, but but Biden uh, is wearing sneakers, by the way, so he doesn't trip. Uh, it is, and he rides a bike. I just want to yeah. say again, exercise. It's 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 one of those situations where ultimately you you see white people who are hijacked by white supremacy. I mean, the the fact mm-hmm. is, it's ultimately a tragedy, right? That they mm-hmm. are unable to free themselves from this disease that is so endemic. In, in uh to to whiteness and, and America that they're willing to destroy themselves this country and everyone if yep. they can't be on top right so yep. in order to feel great not just be great because literally if you invest in healthcare you'll be great if you eat fruits and vegetables you'll be great if you invest in education you'll be great if you invest in uh, regulation of guns not that many people will die of guns specifically white men committing suicide due to the proliferation of guns in Tennessee but in order to feel like they are the alpha. Mm-hmm. They must vote for policies and individuals who literally laugh and mock them, right? What did yep. Donald Trump say? He yep. goes, I like the, I like the uneducated, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and this is where uh, I feel like now if we can shift very quickly uh, yes. to, to a moment of levity, if I may. Uh, mm-hmm. There are moments of accountability in life. There are moments of karma. The, the purveyor of this cruelty, Donald Trump, for the first time in his 77 years, oh, but Biden is 80, my bad. Uh, for the first time in 77 years, Donald Trump has faced something that everyone, especially if you're poor or brown or black, faces every day, sometimes mm-hmm. unfairly. And this word, folks, is accountability. And today, as we're recording, Donald Trump, by his own choice, Danielle, by his own choice, yep. was in court. He showed mm-hmm. up yesterday for the start of a $250 million civil fraud trial against him. Uh, he did not have to appear in the courthouse, but he used the opportunity to bolster his presidential campaign. But, of course, he couldn't help himself. Yep. Uh, yesterday, he, he with the cameras on him, guess what he did? He, he straight up threatened the yep. judge who's going to mm-hmm. be presiding over his case. And why will there be a judge presiding over his case and not a jury? <laughs> <laughs> because it's all... Oh, this is so glorious. His dumbass attorney forgot to check the box that gave yeah. him the option to a jury trial. So the judge that has already ruled that he is liable for fraud yeah. is going to preside over this case, which pretty much will only determine how much money he's going to have to give 
and pretty much whether or not he'll ever be able to run a business again in New York, which seems unlikely, he couldn't help himself, castigates and threatens that judge. And as a result, just an hour ago, what happened, Daniel? So not only has he threatened the judge and has been doing these little like, you know, uh, press meet and greets <laughs> every time there's a break inside the courtroom to rail against the judge. But recently on Truth Social, he took to his broke ass Twitter to post a picture of the law clerk who is inside working mm. alongside the judge, mm. posted a picture of the law clerk from her Instagram account with a picture of her and Senator Schumer, who, if you live in New York and are a public servant and have gone to any event, anyone has, just FYI. Nonetheless, he referred to this law clerk as Schumer's girlfriend, which she mm. is not. Mm. He said that she shouldn't be residing, you know, presiding over the case uh, and all of these things. And for that reason, not even the reasons that he has threatened this judge on his face, it was the fact that now his staff was threatened that this judge put in a limited gag order saying that no one inside the courtroom, I believe, um, can he talk about on social media, in front of cameras, or what have you, and that if he breaks uh, this gag order, that the result will be uh, swift and the sanctions strong. And they're still with him. And they're still with him. And by the way, folks, breaking news as we're recording, uh, I don't know if Danielle knows this, McCarthy what? is removed. He loses <gasps> by 10 votes. <laughs> Happened about 45 seconds ago. Wow. Nope. New York Times has failed me uh, and did not alert me to that. And I'm glad because we said that by the time that this <laughs> that we may have a new speaker and literally within 26 minutes of recording, Kevin McCarthy, the Fisher Price uh, limp speaker, has lost his gavel. Yes. 2016. No. 208. First time in U.S. history that this has ever happened, that Republicans removed Representative Kevin McCarthy, who I just want to say, just because, you know what, sometimes you shouldn't rub it in, but I'm going to be petty. Be petty. Took him 15 rounds yep. to limp towards being mm -hmm. the Speaker of the House, where he had the limpest gavel on earth. And folks, mm -mm -mm. didn't even last the year. Removed thanks to a mutiny led in part by Matt Gates, and sometimes the enemy of your enemy is your friend. Democrats are like, we hate you, Matt Gates, But you know what? Maybe you're doing God's work today. Uh, and he's out. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts.
He's, he's out. out. That's wild. That is wild. Look at so, that. So I mean, not even, not even a full year. He did not last a full year. Whoever had that on their bingo card, bravo. Because I thought that I thought he was going to at least last a year. It reminds me of another Matt Damon movie, not Elysium, but Born Identity. And and mm. it's it's a great quote. It was actually said in Born Identity and The Last Born Identity, if you all remember, where Clive Owen, who is this brainwashed assassin, is sent to kill another brainwashed yes. assassin, Matt Damon. And as they're trying to kill each other and Clive Owen was shot and dying, he looks at me and goes, look at what they make you give. And in Born Ultimatum, when there is another assassin being sent after Matt Damon, Matt Damon, before he jumps, he looks at him and goes, look, look at us. Look at what they make you give. And I just say that to Republicans who are still following Trump. Look at what they make you give. Is it mm -hmm. worth it? Is it worth it? And somebody should ask Kevin McCarthy that question with a microphone in his face. You know, had he not, had he not gone after Democrats for holding off a government shutdown, they may, they may have come to his aid. But I am so grateful, like you said, that they decided instead of bringing a pen to a, a gunfight that Democrats for once brought the bazooka. It's, no, it's, 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 you know, it's going to be tough, Danielle. There's going to be a lot of problems. Uh, Donald Trump is still the figurehead of the party, despite literally freaking enduring a trial for <laughs> committing fraud his entire life. Uh, he's going to be held liable. And, and by the way, we still haven't talked about the, the, the 91 criminal counts. Uh, and we haven't talked about the other shenanigans that will probably be revealed. And we mm -hmm. haven't talked about, I mean, just real quick, the addiction to chaos, folks. Just yesterday, there was a friggin' huge burger of a news that dropped, but just completely forgotten by today. His chief of staff, former chief of staff, uh, General Kelly, just gave this withering statement uh, admitting that this man who he served is unfit and mocked and ridiculed soldiers and veterans, right? Called them suckers. Uh, if you haven't read that, that devastating quote by Kelly, you should read it. Any other presidency, that would be it. Like, can you imagine if Obama said that? That would haunt him till the end of his presidency and be part of his legacy. But uh, for us, it's a Tuesday, Danielle. And wow. no one's talking about it because we got this. Yeah. Um, and so this is what we have to deal with, folks. Don't sleep. Don't slumber. It's going to get wilder and wilder. But I do think it's a marathon, not a race. And in these moments, these moments, folks, <laughs> it's OK to be petty. It's, it's okay, OK to, to be smile. Petty. Yeah, it really is. Thank you for listening to Democracy Ish. I'm Danielle Moody. I'm Ali. And we will be back next week if, in fact, we have a country left. Inshallah.